Welcome to the Copper Rice Podcast, where we talk about breast cancer specifically in Black communities. Consider this a safe platform to get relatable and empowering perspectives on breast cancer. You will hear personal stories from survivors, you will learn about how you can access support, and also hear perspectives on the role of faith in medicine from medically trained faith leaders. My name is Mercy Ofuya, and I am your host. Hello. So I wondered, how does one go through the cancer journey as a single parent? We know there's no manual for any status. Nevertheless, we can learn from the stories of those who have walked this path. Today, I'll be chatting with my special guest, Olamiwaju Temitayo Lassisi. She's an entrepreneur and the founder of TLB, Totally Liberated, which she set up as a result of her own health journey. She holds two bachelor's degrees with honors, a degree in English from Lagos State University and a business degree at the University of Luton, now University of Bedfordshire, United Kingdom. A breast cancer survivor herself, she also coaches on grief and trauma, and in her own words, her journey and survival has centered around her faith in God. She's a mother and single parent to three awesome daughters, ages 29, 26, and 20. Her passion is to continue to raise awareness on breast and prostate cancer, and to let our African society know that with the right treatment and support, they can survive cancer. She likes to share her journey with others to build a community of totally liberated minds. Hello. (laughs) It's so lovely to have you here, Larry. Thank you. Nice to be able to sit down and chat with you. Wow. That's my favorite phrase. (laughs) It's nice to just sit down and just chat. So, I mean, I've read your profile. Very impressive. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Did you do anything for fun? Yeah, Mother's Day. I had fun. When I say I had fun, as in this is the first time I'm going to be spending it by myself because of my health. And I just took the injection. That's the COVID vaccine? The vaccine, yeah. I was a bit, it had a bit of impact on me. Oh. Still a bit, yeah, it's still there as well. It's quite sore, but yeah, my daughters had to, just to be on the safe side, it's good. You can never be too cautious, like we say. It's better to be on the safe side. Yeah, by taking the vaccine, that's yeah. so true. That's so true. I also, we didn't want, my daughters didn't just want to come in until, according to the people, you're still vulnerable. You can still, oh, so you're isolating now. Oh, so you had to spend. Oh, that makes sense. That but, makes sense. Uh, but that's fine because they all called in. Oh, yeah. they called in, so you're able to chat and catch up, and oh, that's good. That's good. And they sent me flowers. Oh, nice. Oh. They gave me a heart call with my name written on it, headshot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was nice and they called they ordered me food so, <laughs> so, so you still had fun and you're able to meet yeah. with them and um, spend time with them virtually oh that's, that's very lovely yeah it was really nice that's good to know so tell us about yourself tell us about your story 
Tell us, how did you find out you had cancer? cancer? When were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed 2017, around November. But my treatment didn't really start until later in 2018. Oh, so it was the end of 2017 then? Yeah, that all this happened. I was meant to go for my mammogram and I didn't, I just put it aside. Did you get an invitation or were you going voluntarily? No, I got a letter. Once you, I suppose that's what's lovely in this country and this neighborhood we're in, in this community, as in the UK, because Mm -hmm. once you hit 50, they will write you a letter telling you to come for your mammogram test. Yes, so I got my letter. But because I do all other things like I was doing some other things, I just thought, look, I didn't even think about it. I just thought, you know what? I've got a client. I've got to put food on. I've got to have roof on my head. I've got to have food on the table. My daughter is just starting. Not I exams for sixth, you know, to university and all that. There was just a lot going on. And I just moved home as well. So I didn't want to lose my client. To me, that's money going down. But then the Holy Spirit just said, gave me the mind that I pick up the phone and reschedule that appointment. So I'm glad that I listened to the Holy Spirit. There was a voice in my head that said, just, you cancel that appointment, you pick it up and do it again. And normally... Also, initially you got the letter, you made the appointment and cancelled the appointment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, then... I cancelled it. And you know, normally when you cancel, they put you right at the back of the queue. But I was blessed. As soon as I called back, the lady went, oh, your appointment is gone now. We'll just have to reschedule another one for you. And just before I dropped the phone, I said, oh, hold on, hold on. Something's come up. That same week, which the chances of that is one in a million. And that's how I got the appointment. And I had to go. Mm. And I had to call my client and said to my client, you know what, please, can I move your time to later in the evening so that I can go and do my, get my appointment done? Oh, okay. Okay. So that was what I did. went, I did the test and you could see I had cysts in the same breast before, but what they said is they're not going to touch it because if it's not disturbing me, they'll leave it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they didn't. So... For me, okay, there's something there anyway, but it's okay. And mm. then the lady that did the test, you could see the way her countenance was a bit... And I said, is there anything wrong? She said, no, 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 it's fine. But just in case, we might be... If we call you back, don't worry about it. There's a particular sentence they are meant to say anyway. So they just recite that to you just to calm you down. Because okay, so you're not initially afraid yeah. until they can... Yeah. Make a conclusive diagnosis. Okay. I didn't even think nothing about it. I just said that's fine, and then came back home, did my test. But within a week, they had called me. Oh, within said, a week, I got the letter that you need to come back in. That's all. Okay, so I went, and then they did the biopsy right there. Like we found something, we just need to check again. Right there, they put the gel, did the biopsy, and then we'll get back to you. So I had another client with me that night. That same night, I got a knock on my door. A knock on your door? The letter was dropped through the post. Oh, wow. And it was 
Yeah. So when you um, asked to come back in? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the letter was for me to. I think because it was a great three invasive one, a triple negative one. A triple negative. And because it's quite aggressive, they said it's an aggressive one, a rare one as well. So they needed me in ASAP. So I had to get my friend. I said, well, guess what? I need you to come with me. And she was like, please, I should stop that. There's nothing like Oh, you didn't go in alone, that's right. No, I called my friend. I had Mm. to call her because I couldn't tell my daughter. She's studying fights. Just before that, we had had a lot of different things happening in the family. And I just thought, this is not, I don't want them to go through this as well. So in my head, I could do this by myself. They don't need to know. Oh, so you didn't initially plan to tell any of your daughters? No. I didn't initially plan to tell any of my daughters, my family. Mm. I just felt there's a lot going on and they don't need this as well. Mm. This is for me to carry, especially my daughters. It's more about my daughters, to be honest, and my mom. Even my sisters and brothers, everybody, I was not going to tell them. I was just going to do this on my own. But when I went in, they were telling me all the things they were going to do. And I thought, okay, I actually hide this. So my Mm. friend was, she was with me. And she said, you know, I don't believe this. I said, you know what? What else do you want to believe? They're saying it. She said, even she was in denial. Oh, (laughs) I was in denial, but in a different way. My concern was more, how do I tell my daughters this? Mm. So when we came back home, she called my daughter. Were you all living together in the same city, in the same house? Were your daughter still at home? No, just my little one. All that little girl. Not so little. (laughs) She, she, um, She was 16 then. So young. Yeah, she was quite young for that. Bearing in mind, we just lost the home, just moved in the home. Oh, wow. That must have been hard. Yeah, because even in our room, she didn't have, we only had the mattress on the floor. There was a lot going on the kitchen. We didn't have a kitchen. So there was a lot going on. And I just thought, I really don't need to put this on her as well. You're trying to shield her. Yeah. Um, even our sisters, because they just got there, you know, they are in their own different areas of just doing things as well. And I'm thinking, it's not their fault. Mm. They don't need to carry this. Mm. I need to show them from this environment as well. So I got the news and she spoke to my daughter for me, my friend. And I'm so glad she was there. Because I just picked up the phone and she dropped everything. And she was she lives in Bramwood. I live in Luton. So she just called and she spoke to her. And she a broker. Oh. Because like I said, I'm a big believer of prayer. And I remember when the news, the first thing I said was, really God? I said, but you said you will not give us more than we can carry, Lord. He says, a lot. How do I go on from this, Lord? I wasn't thinking of death. I was just thinking of all the things that might now affect our lives. I was thinking of my bills. (laughs) It's funny, but I was thinking of my bills. I was thinking of my 
daughters. I was not even thinking about my health in that way. It was like, how do I pay the mortgage? My friend broke the news to my daughter and she was totally like, what, mom? But we pray. I thought we pray. I go, yes, we do pray. And it's because of prayer that I'm still here. Oh, wow. Maybe if I was not praying what they're saying, I would not even be able to talk to you right now because the level that they think it is at should have traveled all over already. So it's prayer that saved me. She just mm-hmm. like, that really, it was like, okay. And she called her sisters. I was saying, don't talk to your sisters. Yes, she said, mom, but I can't keep this. We need to tell them. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. Again, I was trying to go, don't tell your sisters. No. Yet. Mm-hmm. I don't want done, you know, but mom, we need to tell them. So, yeah. And then they came down and um, it's like, okay, so what do we need to do now? My older one. She's the one that does all the researches. You know, she would she started researching. We need to there's alternative things. There are no alternative things. Everything started from there. I had to now go and meet the oncologist at the breast cancer ward. I remember the first day I went there, I had to take a friend of mine. She's a nurse. She's from my church, so she came with me hmm. because. At this stage, I was just sitting down, to be honest, I was just looking. I think I was just on a... Did you feel numb? Yeah, I think it's numb now because at that stage, I was even telling people it's grade one. (laughs) That that was how bad. I was telling people grade one. And then at a stage, I told people grade two. And now I realize I didn't take it in. But at that point, I didn't see it as I wasn't taking it in. Even though the letter was in front of me, even though the diagnosis was there, but I was telling people different things. And we went for the meeting. Emily, she asked all the questions. Mm. Mm. My daughters were there. They were asking all the questions. The oncologist was there and there's a breast cancer nurse that was supposed to take care of me that we should ask questions. I just sat there and they were asking all the questions. I can't tell you what questions they asked. All I know is I just sat there. Quietly. I'm just listening. Mm. And all I know is that I was told you go through chemo, you go through radiotherapy and there will be, we can't tell you each person has different journey. Different, different treatments, different, treatments yeah, different and all that. All the names were being called. What you know, they gave me big booklet. I honestly can't tell you. I didn't really. You didn't read it. <laughs> I read. I read it, but I didn't take anything in. Hmm. Now I know I didn't take any in. I thought I did, but I didn't. I think I was more like Father Lord. I need your help. I need to survive. I want my children to survive this. I don't want them to lose their faith. I need them to know that there is God. So it was more me just looking up to God for direction. I don't know if that makes sense. For healing. Because that's what kept me going. Because in between that, I still had problems in terms of mortgage. In terms of my bills, generally, my daughter stepped in. What they can do, they did. Your older daughter? My older daughter. My younger daughter, 
she did a bit because she had to do her exams. Yeah, that's a very busy time and an important time in her life as well. She had a lot on her plate. Yes. At that age. And for her to be following me to hospital appointments, my older daughter had to leave. Well, she didn't leave her work. She told them her work, so she had to come back home to stay so that she mm-hmm. can take in. So they became your carers? So it was uh, my little one. She was based outside UK. So oh, she okay. was in and out. But you can imagine she was on her own tour, but then checking in. When she comes in, she's able to take me out. Or Her thoughts were home, really. Yeah. yeah. Wherever she was, her thoughts were home. She actually also went into some kind of denial as well. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. Yeah. Do you think it was probably a way to cope? Yes. A coping mechanism? It's our own way of coping. Even my older one, they all had their own unique way of coping. But I can see that the idea is not to... When I'm in pain or if I'm going through pain, I don't show them. I try and keep that away from them. But they can hear my sounds. They can hear my... Groaning. Yes. My groaning sounds. Yes, all my groaning sounds. And my daughter will take me into the... She was the one that would... They take in tongues... Make sure I take my medication, take me to the bathroom. They had to fix things into their house, which I've still got now. Backdrill. My bedroom has got the bedroom guardrails as well. Guardrails. Yeah. So I didn't realize how bad it was going to be. I suppose no one really does, though. It's made me appreciate a bit more. You see people with bald head. You think maybe they've just cut their hair, but it's not that. You don't know, basically. Yeah, I was going to say, sometimes you don't know. You don't People know. have bald hair for different, for uh, different, different reasons. reasons. So you but, can really, it's hard to conclude on any one particular reason. Because somebody saw me and thought, oh, I like you. You look good. You, you cut your hair. You're very bold. And I just smiled. So I now said to the person... So your haircut does suit you, though, if I might thank say. You. <laughs> thank you. So she, it was more to do with that. That right, Why I said that is because of what that person said. Mm, understand. Mm. Now I'm very, very aware that people have this situation for different reasons. reasons. It can be alopecia because I'm into hairdressing. It can, it can be, be fashion. It can mm. be fashion. And it can be because you got problems and that illness that has made you lose your hair. Yeah, true. Mm. Because I was walking about with no hair on my head until very recently that, you know, it's the lockdown that has really helped me. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I just couldn't handle any hair. Even now my scalp hurts. So at any stage I'm going to... A breeze is quite tender, mm. but I still got really, you know, all my body is still tender. It's still very, very tender. But yeah, that was what happened anyway. Can I ask, in terms of when you talked about some of the experiences or the pains or the things you still experience now, like your whole scalp feeling tender, are you able to share that with, say, your GP or do you have a group of 
people you're able to share that with maybe other survivors or cancer patients? Do you belong to a support group you're able to? Because sometimes being able to say that to someone who may not experience that same symptom, but understands where you're coming from. I do have support group that I have got to know the person then because they've gone through the same journey. So when I do say I've got pain, they understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. I've got the pain. But in terms of support group where you actually have things like that, I've just joined the Cancer UK support group. I do have a few friends that have actually gone through the same breast cancer journey that when I talk to them, I feel comfortable because oh. it's not like, oh, what's wrong with you again? Are you in pain again? I don't Yeah, think or has the pain not stopped? Yeah. yeah that's I, the- I don't think it's a good word for people that are going through that. And maybe that's part of raising people hide because you don't want them to judge you. Like, mm. how long is this pain going to go for? To me, that person is not saying I'm in pain just for the sake of it. It's because they're in pain. Yeah. Mm. I developed fibromyalgia. So I have fibromyalgia group right now. No, oh, okay. Has that been helpful? Yeah, it has. Okay, that's Because the group is now sharing. In the group, I, I saw that what I'm going through is what they're going through. And it's not paramount to just me. And it's just not in my head. So it's good to know, like you say, have this community as well yeah. that you are able to just share with mm-hmm. and you are able to just empower each other to keep going. It's not to death, like I keep saying, having breast cancer is not or prostate cancer or any cancer at all. I don't think about death. I'm thinking about surviving. I'm thinking about moving on. I'm thinking about mm-hmm. overcoming. Mm-hmm. And there is a purpose for God giving me another chance because mm. in between the journey, I started the chemo and I reacted to one of the treatment and all my tongue called in. Oh. And mm. the, my daughter was here and I just so happened our two friends walked in at the same time. So you can imagine what it could be like. And my daughter has just left to go back to London. Mm because she needs to go and pick something. So my younger one, you can imagine the chaos. She's calling the ambulance. She's calling her sister. And thank God they came on time. And the EpiPen was administered to me. Mm -hmm. And they had to administer it again in the ambulance. It was that bad. So in between, I was hospitalized in between my treatments as well. Because I got a bit of reaction. Reactions to the medication. Thing. Yeah. So it's been a rough journey, but we're going on. And the idea is if we don't speak out, let people know that, yes, you might have reactions. Some people don't. It doesn't, yeah, mean, because, don't. It doesn't mean because I did, you will. Yeah. True. But there's one thing follow exactly the treatment plan that has been given yeah. so i was told you don't use these don't eat these when you eat these take your medication i followed to the letter but yeah. i was praying as well one thing i didn't say is in between that when it started 
I reached out to my pastor and I said, can they pray with me? And he said, yes, we'll pray with you. I told the lady in the church, we'll pray with you and all that. And they did. But at the stage, he said, Taya, we need to get the community, the church community, to people want, let them visit just to keep you going. I thought, no, I don't want all those noise. Then everybody will know. That was what was in my head. Mm, everyone knowing what you're yeah, going, going through. And all that. And then I was sleeping and the Holy Spirit, now I woke up and the Holy Spirit said, is this pride or something? Mm. So I picked up the phone and I said, you know what, Pastor? Fine, let's go for it. Yeah. And you know what? Thank God I did. Oh, amazing. So it's having that support from the church that you're familiar with and community you're familiar with already. It mm. made such a difference. Mm. Also, you don't realize how people are there for you until you speak out. That's the power in asking for help, isn't it? Yes. So I had people like Emily, she'll sit with me every Saturday. Oh, wow. She took time out every Saturday. She'll come here with her tea, with whatever she feels I can eat. Because mm-hmm. then I didn't have a lot of appetite. So she'll bring boy moi, for example. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I went into taking ogi, which is pap. Like your porridge. Yes. Yeah, so it's from like maize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't really eat a lot. She would bring food for my daughters. And then people in church would bring food. Pastor will come and cut my grass. If it's oh, nice. Taking care of your garden. Yeah. Nice. And then I had people that would call, call me. My friend was in Australia. She would call me every day. And Lara, which is the one I said we went together there, they will come, they will sit with me. I had somebody like Durell, she's another very good friend. She will take me and bring me back to the hospital and back. They were People were taking it in turns. So that's the power. My daughters were, never went hungry. Friends, oh. People that have called my sister, Hannah, Bill, all of them, they bring their food. Some of them that didn't know, that now knew, they, Linda, they will bring salad. Auntie, I've done salad for you. If I say I can't eat this well, we can do salad for you. Do you want salad? Do you want pepper soup? What do you want? And I was quite overwhelmed because I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. at all, at mm-hmm. all. So my pastor will call every week to check. How are you doing? What do you need? Do you need anything? Pastor Michael, Pastor Paul, all of them, their wives, every single person in church contributed financially. Oh, wow. Yes, because that was even going to lead on to my next question in terms of how you were able to cope financially, especially as a single parent. There's always this assumption we have that, oh, someone is going to come, there's someone somewhere who is picking the tab for other things in the house and especially since you were working and I, yeah. you also alluded to having clients in yeah. between treatments or sorry before you even went for your first consultation so how were you able to cope financially how did that impact on your work financially even the first day when i went into surgery my cousin was with me she came straight from london she came on that day and she stayed with me thank god she stayed with me because if she didn't come 
that was the day of the surgery. I came back from the hospital and I went, oh, wow, my mortgage is due. She, mm. she went, you know, with all these, all you're thinking about is your mortgage. I said, wait, the mortgage people are not going to wait. Do you know she paid my mortgage? Oh, wow. She paid my mortgage. My daughter was helping financially. Like I said, my church, everybody in church, including the little children, contributed money to help me towards the finance. It went. So it went. A lot of people, my friends, Stella, all people did put money in my account. I wasn't expecting it. So I give God the glory. Because at the end of the day, that was another stress on its own. But having said that, the pack they gave you has got how you can financially get help. Oh, so the pack you got from the hospital. I read it, but it didn't even register. It was my pastor that said, Tayo, you should have had help. I think it's more of, let me just get over. I just want to be okay. So that really didn't register. So at a stage, my daughter took over that. They were calling the different establishments what to do, what to suspend, what not to suspend. You want to fill the form. I now realize I need to fill a form called PIP. What does PIP stand for, do you? Uh, it's personal independent payment. Mm. So that just applies to the UK as you Yes, know. it applies to UK. That's another thing, at least for UK citizens, we have that. But these are things that we can even start to talk about in terms of other developing countries, in terms of policies yes. to support people. Because rather than just having one blanket yes. policy or provision, yeah. understanding that there are other cohorts of people that may need an extended or different forms of um, yeah. of support. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it's got to a stage where we need to look at, yes, in UK, we've got these things to tap in. And to be honest, I didn't realize how cancer was affecting, as in we Nigerians, until it happened to me, in terms of in Nigeria. Okay, where you're from, you know, yeah, and then... Well, I suppose it's like, I'll use a car, for example. When you get your car, you see a car, you say you love it. It's when you get that car, then you start saying, oh, there's a lot of them about. It starts in the car. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. So it was like, oh, so, okay. The mm. same thing when I became a single parent, I didn't realize a lot of people out there are single parents. So I think what I'm saying is when something happens to you, you become more aware. aware. If you're not in that shoe, you don't know. You really don't have a clue what's like. So I thank God for his blessings and I thank God for the awareness. Mm. And I really say both even single parents in terms of men and women, there is a lot. Yeah, different circumstances for different people, but that was what happened. And as a single parent, because now I have to make decisions in terms of my daughter's education, in terms of finances, in terms of shelter, in terms of clothing, food. It seems to people like, what's the big deal? But it is a big deal when you're in it. Mm. And it's not automatic. So I do appreciate every single person that has contributed to my journey. I think I should just also add thank you. I think it's not something I've often done on this show, but and I, I should be more conscious. Thank you to 
everyone who has supported you. Oh. Thank you to everyone who has supported Larry in any way. Thank you. I just want to say thank you very much because your efforts, your contribution has made a massive impact on her life. And yes. no contribution is too small. And just for our listeners today, this just goes to show you the impact of support. Mm. I know we've talked about finances, we've talked about in terms of someone helping her with her mortgage, but those maybe sound like the big tickets. Just think of nothing is really too small. So if you know someone going through cancer, any form of cancer, I know this show is for breast cancer awareness, but then think is anyone going through anything, any kind of hardship really. So even beyond breast cancer, beyond cancer, think what can I do to support that person? And it doesn't have to be even have anything to do with finances. It could help the person mow their lawn, cut their grass, perhaps help the person do some shopping mm. as pick up the check of the money and then help the person actually make the trip to the supermarket yeah. and then bring it back. Or sometimes it might just be a call. Mm. And I appreciate that sometimes we feel apprehensive not knowing what to say. There's also that feeling of, I don't know what to say. Maybe send a text message if you feel making a call will be awkward. Just getting that notification to know that, oh, and it can just be a simple note of, I'm thinking of you. Mm. Hello, I'm thinking of you. That will go a long way to know, okay, I'm not alone. Someone is thinking of me. That's very powerful. I just want to let our listeners know that you can do anything. You could pray. You can, depending on your faith, you can reach out. You can maybe record a song if you like to sing. Sing on the record audio. If you don't want to have an actual conversation, you don't want to type anything. But just do something. I think we can all do something. And if we all do something, it causes a ripple effect that goes a long, long way. Thank you so much, Larry, for sharing your story with us. Regarding music, I Mm. I actually had people that would just because they know I listen to a lot of worship, they were sending me worship songs, they would send me prayers. So you are right. Just for your mental alertness and for your mental health, just that phone call, just that hello kept me going. It kept me going. And you're absolutely right. So people sending me music just to share me or and it's not even they'll just go tayo i listen to this music and i thought this would be good for you so people say hannah and her husband patrick for, even from my church it will just listen to this music i said sister Tai, i just sent this music to you hello how are you i'm just thinking about you see this will share you up so yes it really did help or they wow. just go hello my Like I said, people were just calling. And I actually didn't tell my mom till the end. I've done my radiotherapy. I'd gone through all my treatments. That's when I told her. But she was calling me. But what I do is, when I once I've done my treatment, before I go on my treatment, when my voice is a bit bit alive, I'll call her quickly. Hello, mom. How are you? I'm just saying, just to see how you are. Because I know when I come back from the treatment for the next four days, you have I'm completely rest. gone. I'm mm. tired. I wow. can't really talk. So it's when I'm, and all I get my brother to tell her I'm fine because I had to now tell my brother and my sisters and I told them not to tell her. Okay. Mm. So I didn't really tell her. But yes, music, just <laughs> anything. People, it it's not about money. Yeah, money is good, good when you can give money. 
in terms of just reaching out and just talking to people regarding, hello, how are you? We love you. We've not forgotten you. You're there. Just words. It doesn't matter what you do. Just reach out to the person. You never know. There are times when people call. That's when I really need it. Because I could not move. I was permanently in my bed. It was that bad. And I'm still going through that now. Another thing is, because I've, you've gone through the treatment, doesn't mean it's over. Mm-hmm. After the treatment, that's when the journey starts. When they've gone through the treatment, please still reach out. Still, please still check on them. Keep supporting. Just check on them because, honestly, I still use crutches. Mm. People see me and go, oh, I thought you are okay now. And sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm okay, but because I'm in so much pain. Quality of life afterwards. It's completely different. But I had to change my mindset. I had to change the things I eat, the way I Your diet. My diet in terms of how I cook what I cook in, because I don't want chemicals in my food anymore. Mm. You know, I had to change a lot of things regarding, because I had to follow the letter, but reach out to people. People can help. That's very powerful. That's very powerful. Thank you so much, Larry. Thank you for sharing your story again. So some of the things that have just really come through today, please prioritize if you're eligible for screening in form of cancer screening and if you get a letter of invitation or if it's something you have to pay out of pocket for mm-hmm. please prioritize it and don't disregard it just make the appointment and go in for your screening we've also talked today about the importance of provision of care find out what is available when the united kingdom setting things are available make sure whatever pack or information you've been given, the leaflets, the booklets. If you're too tired to read them on your own, for instance, if you've been diagnosed recently, let someone close to you help you with the reading just so that you don't miss out on any of the details. And also in terms of finances, do find out what is available for you in terms of support. Yes. As much as you can, I know people may find it difficult to tell others as much as you can, do ask for help if possible. Yeah. I know you still have to go with your gut feeling yeah. um, and all that and tell people whom you're comfortable with. But just still bear in mind that if you lift up your hands, then people can support you and yeah. reach out for support as much as you can. And there's the power of asking for help. We find it hard to ask for help. We find it hard to be vulnerable, especially when we're already even in a very difficult situation. But sometimes on the cancer journey, Larry has testified today that how shared with us like her experience, and we can see that it proved to be helpful to have her friends and her community and people around her. And I'm very happy that they rallied around her, especially as a single parent and having to go through that journey with the children on her own. But ultimately, other people came around, and that was very helpful. So. Once again, thank you, Larry. I'm sure I've said it again and again, but I can't thank you enough. <laughs> I needed to point out the care in, from the carer point of view. Mm. You should not forget them because mm. a lot of people talk about, yes, we are the ones that have gone through it, but the carers, the king, yeah. they're going through a lot as well. And that was going to bring me to my next question. Did your daughters receive some kind of support for their mental health or just someone to speak with no. apart from you? Well, 
they were caring for you because yes, the older ones were over twenty. If I'm yeah. sort of doing the maths backwards, yeah. but at the same time, they were young and yeah. they didn't have another parent to lean on at that time. Do you think that that would have been helpful for them and something yeah. we should we need to start pointing out that yeah. and carers having that sort of support and just not, not carers having their own support groups? Yeah, right? I think carers need their own support group in terms of where they can share their own experiences as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you find that the younger ones become the carer of their parents either mom or the father that is going through whatever journey they are going through. And they don't have anybody to talk to. to. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about our community. We tend to just take it for granted that they are okay. But they're not. Because I know for sure that my daughters, later that I found out, they were not sleeping. Wow. They were not sleeping. They were listening out. Mom, are you okay? Mom, they were so even crying at their oh, wow. own, in their own corner because they don't want me to see it. I'm hiding from them because I don't want them to see it. But they probably don't really have anybody to talk to, apart from maybe the church community where pastor would call them, how are you feeling? But I'm talking about professional. But yeah, they were referring to professional help. Yeah. Now. Both parties need it. Even I didn't really get any professional help in that way. I've had to walk the journey myself. Do you mean in terms of mental health support? Yes. I don't think a lot. I don't know if any breast cancer or prostate cancer or any cancer survivor you've spoken to, I've got that. It's something I'd like to look up and find out more about, to know yeah. what exists so that at least we can make that information available to people okay, yeah. through our website on our platforms. I've not heard of it. But it would be nice to have it because what I wanted to do was do a workshop where you can get oncologists, you can get uh, breast cancer nurse. And that's what I intend to do later where you can actually talk one-on-one, even with the carers coming and go, you know, my parents went through this. Is it hereditary? Only 5 to 10% of cases are hereditary, really. Exactly. So these are the things that you... Because to me, it was like, but where did this come from? So we all need to be educated in this area. Yeah. You know, support for carers, support for even after you've done the surgery. Even the children, yeah. even if even if the children are not the main carers, they're still going through their own yeah. experience, having their own experiences, and they need to talk through. They need someone to be able to share that with, apart from their parents or yeah. immediate family. Even now, my daughter is like, Mom, are you okay? They do live with me, so they know when they go, Mom, why? Even when you're in pain, you don't want us to know you still, I'm still trying to do this, I'm still trying to do this, you need to stop. But to me, if I stop, then I become useless. So I try I try to move past the pain. And now I'm going through the fibromyalgia group. They, I'm glad she said no. We are not supposed to do that. Good, good. So this can lead to other areas that can happen to you. I'm still going through treatment in terms of I've got one I need to go to in July. But please, we really be glad if your platform can also help in addressing the cares. Family affects a family. That's something I would like to look into to talk about. I've 
spoken with a few carers, but I mean, there's a diverse group of carers. So it would be nice to hear their views on it. Maybe we can run a workshop, but we'll definitely let you and other our listeners and get to know what we have in plan and we'll share it across all the platforms and then give people enough notice to participate in that so we can all learn because ultimately I'm still learning so we can all learn from each other. Thank you so much for today. I really appreciate it. I want to say, as we come to the end, and I, I don't even want to say it to the end because to me, we're just pausing our conversation. This conversation will continue even offline. Firstly, how can people connect with you? And then also, do you have any other words we would like to say as well? Well, I just wanted to say through this journey, I finished my treatment on the 7th of July, which is on my birthday. Oh, wow, wow. I came up with totally liberated from mm. cancer, from pain. Mm. And now I am going to start surviving and I'm going to raise more awareness. Any opportunity that I can raise awareness, I will raise awareness and continue to talk to people regarding it. I don't want to keep quiet because when you keep quiet, then you're not helping others mm. as well. So if there's anybody out there that feels they can reach out to me, please do. I'm on my Instagram page. Please can you say it? Yeah, so you can connect with Larry via Instagram at larry.dl7 on Facebook at Larry Temitayola CC and on TikTok as well. You can connect with her. Handle there's Larry Lassisi278. All the details for how you can connect with her will be on the show notes. So just click the links and we'll take it right to her page. And as she had just said, feel free to send her a direct message. And also, if you have any questions concerning anything we've discussed today, you can contact us at copyrights underscore breast cancer. So that's on Instagram. You can contact us at Copperize on Facebook, on Twitter, and you, or you can even send us an email on info at copperize.org. Thank you so much for taking out time to listen. We will all be totally liberated from all these illnesses in Jesus' name. And <laughs> that's all I can say. Oh. You know what? We are going to be a winner. Yes, we're going to win at the end. We do acknowledge what people have gone through. We acknowledge that people have passed away due to this. Mm. You know, we acknowledge that. And if anything that has been discussed today has triggered any emotions or has triggered any memories that you want to talk about, you do reach out for help and you can contact us and we can see how we can direct you to get that help you need. And then do reach out to us concerning any other questions you might have. We acknowledge those going through treatment, those who have survived. We also acknowledge those who have lost people, lost loved ones due to this. And we see you, we hear you. Don't know that you're not alone. Please reach out for support and we'll put you in touch with someone who can support you in that way once again thank you so much for taking our time to listen do share the podcast with your friends and your family remember check your breasts regularly know your normal and bye for now bye thank you for joining us this week on the copper rice podcast i hope you have found today's show to be informative be sure to visit our website at www.copperize.org where you can find out more about us 
to subscribe to the show so you'll never miss an episode. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Copperize. Feel free to use our hashtag, Copperize, to join the conversation on social media. Thank you for listening and see you in two weeks. Please note that these are personal stories and perspectives and should in no way take the place of your doctor's recommendations. Thank you.